Have an Amazon Prime account? You can subscribe to Q Sports Talk on Twitch for free. Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Subscribe now through your Amazon Prime account. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. DeVito pop pass end zone. Touchdown! And the ball game! DeVito in relief! Wins it for the Orange! They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this week. Swing and a miss! It is over! The Boston Red Sox, baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. The Bills make me wanna Josh Allen, touchdown Buffalo! A 14-yard quarterback draw! Somebody in Vegas told them they were gonna win by 20! And the celebration begins. This is on the block. Right, you know, there's validity in that opinion. We're back, baby, on the block. ESPN Radio. Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Oh, the Twitch experience. You got to love it. You can see the program. Because why wouldn't you want to stare at this lovely face for two hours? You can participate in the live chat throughout the show. And you get exclusive uh, radio content during breaks. You see what we're doing. You hear what we're doing. Behind the scenes, look into the program. Uh, we have uh, exclusive conversations with our Twitch viewers. It's a cool thing. Mics are always on during Twitch breaks. So taking the Twitch experience at twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Now we're to go before we head into the weekend. Blindside on the way. Plenty more on Syracuse and Miami. A little spring football discussion. Some questions on our mind going into spring football. We shall discuss, but right now, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring him back on the program. Love talking to this guy. Love reading his stuff. Love hanging with him in the office. Chris Carlson is our guest. You can find him on the digital pages of Syracuse.com. You can find him in the good old-fashioned newspaper. You can find him on Twitter as well. He's got a fun assignment this weekend that we'll discuss here shortly. But first, uh, we'll say hello. Christopher, what's up? Not much, Brent. We're reaching the... uh, uh the point of the year where we get like 12 hours a day of basketball, so so that's fun. I mean, come on. What's better than that, baby? Now, you're basically on Panda Watch this weekend, right? So you you have to kind of track where Syracuse falls in this whole ACC tournament. It's almost a mess at this point you got to clean up, so I'll, I'll pull this line out. If the tournament started today... Where would Syracuse be, Chris? What's uh, what's the state of affairs as we speak? Well, you know, Syracuse kind of, uh, you know, if they win, they're the number five seed. They're the number five seed right now. Um, so uh, that right now, that would put them in a position where they're playing the winner of a game between uh, Pittsburgh and, uh, no, not Pittsburgh, I'm sorry, Miami and Wake Forest, um, which is a pretty good place to be. Um, the potential quarterfinal, if they won that next game, would be Duke. Um, but all of that is probably going to be changing over the weekend as all of these results come in. So uh, on Syracuse.com, we've kind of got a, a little place set up so that uh, as each two-hour block ends and as each result happens, uh, you'll get an updated bracket. So encourage folks to check that out and kind of – you know, the first games, there's, there's two of them tonight. So the first updates come tonight, and then uh, we'll be doing it all day tomorrow. From the scenarios you've gone through here, winning three in a row to get to the ACC Tournament Championship game, let alone winning this thing, is, is going to be 
not an easy road for Syracuse, no matter how we discuss it. But from the scenarios you've looked at, is there, a, a, you think, a preferable path for Syracuse? Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I think most people know that you'd prefer probably not to maybe play North Carolina in the first game. Um, that's a team that, that's just it's better than its record um, because they've had so many injuries this year. Um, so, you know, that's one thing to look for. Hope that Syracuse doesn't get paired up where it can face North Carolina. Um, and you probably want to play Virginia um, in the first round, I think, uh, out of the kind of the four teams from the ACC that have separated themselves. I mean, Virginia, just every game is close. Um, so you kind of would feel like you've got a pretty good shot in that one. It's going to come down to a couple plays late, most likely. Um, you know, and if you get through that, you're in the semifinals. And, you know, hey, who knows at that point? Um, certainly tough to see this Syracuse team with its depth and, you know, its lack of defense doing that, but we've said that about Syracuse before, and they've gone on a run. So we'll enjoy it uh, as it's playing out. Chris Carlson's our guest here on the Burdick Toyota guest line as Syracuse gets ready for Miami and then what their ACC tournament fate will be. Chris, Miami aside, I mean, there's really not much this team can do to change our opinion of what they are and who they are at this point, right? So when teams say it's not about them, it's about us, they're actually right in this case. But when I look at Syracuse, there's two things that really pop to mind for me, and I want to get your thoughts on this, that I think will prevent them from making that deep run that they need to in the ACC tournament. And those two things are their zone defense is nowhere near what it is usually, and their three-point shooting is nowhere near what it should be to make a deep run in the tournament. Do you agree with that? And, and what else do you see about the, the, you know, the humps they have to get over here to, to defy logic and make a deep run in Greensboro? Yeah, you know, I think both of those things are right. The defense is probably the biggest thing, just because that's something that, you know, really good teams can hang their hat on their defense every night and have a chance to win, even when bad shooting nights happen, because they're going to happen to everyone. Um, Syracuse is is not there this year. They're they're at a position where they have to shoot or or play well on offense every night to win. Um, And that's, you know... It's it's tough to string four wins or three wins, including two high quality wins together like that. Um, the way you know they are a team, and we said this at the beginning of the year, right? Is hey, when their shots are falling, when they're hitting three pointers, they can beat really good. You know, who knows what's going to happen? They they could really surprise some teams. Well, we we've seen teams are really overplaying the three. Um, really kind of focusing on taking away the three-pointer, and that's kind of taken away that, you know, any given night threat um, that we thought we were going to get get from Syracuse this year. Now, Barama Sidibe is playing better. Um, he's making teams pay a little bit more for overplaying. Um, Marek is, is ha- certainly having a good year, and he's making teams pay at least a little bit for overplaying. Um, but you certainly, if you're the opposition, you take your chances with – with those guys beating you, you know, rather than Buddy Bayheim and Elijah Hughes from three. Chris, if they, let's say, another mock scenario here, but if they have an early exit of sorts in the ACC tournament mm-hmm. and an early exit from the NIT, mm-hmm. how do we label this season? What, what, what's kind of the, the, the running headline you, w- you would put on, on a season like that? Because I think unless they make a miraculous run to the tournament, it's going to be labeled a disappointment in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I mean, I think Syracuse is a program, and, and you know, John Wildhack 
said this, that they expect to be in the NCAA tournament. And, and when they're not in the NCAA tournament, it's a disappointment. Even though this year, maybe, at least, it is a rebuilding year, and it's easy to see why on paper it might be a rebuilding year. You know, Syracuse is a program that in its rebuilding years, for much of the past 40 years, a rebuilding year is just a lower seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, so I, I think it's a disappointment any way you slice it. Um, next year and how they do next year will kind of determine whether we look at this as a rebuilding year um, or whether we kind of see this as a continued six years of, you know, whatever you want to make out of it. You know, mediocre regular season play. Um, that's one way to look at it. They've had some very good postseason runs that would be, you know, taken by most of the fan bases in the country. Um, but, you know, if, if this continues next year, it's just kind of a continuation of, of that. Chris, uh, you have written about this a lot, and it's a very interesting thing. And look, I've said this on the show a number of times. Like, I have teams that I root for, right? I root for the Buffalo Bills. I root for the Boston Red Sox. You know, I grew up rooting for Syracuse, but have kind of transitioned into a media role there. So I'm a sports fan, right? But you know what I root for the most in this business? I root for interesting. <laughs> That's I root yeah, for interesting, right? <laughs> And Adam Weissman is an interesting guy who brings interesting people to the Carrier Dome, and I am all for that. But it's really got people intrigued, particularly with what you know. We saw the apex of this this weekend when you got Tom Brady and Jimmy Fallon. No offense, Julian Edelman. I mean, you're a great player, but you're not on that level. But when you got interesting people like that sitting courtside, people are fascinated by this. So you've been covering this. You've written about the, the guests that Adam has brought into the Dome. And I just wanted to ask you about that. What's it been like to kind of follow that angle of of the, the Spike Lee of, of Syracuse basketball and the interesting fan that gets to bring all these stars to the Carrier Dome? Yeah, I'm with you in, in that I just think it's another fun thing um, that happens, you know, Every game, not every game. It's kind of here and there, but but you know, it adds a little spice every time you go to the Carrier Dome. Who's going to be there? Uh, who might it be? Is there going to be anybody fun there? Um, and then this weekend was really just, or last weekend was really just the capper of that. Um, just and. You know, sports figures are one thing, right? They're going to sit there. They're going to sign autographs. They're going to shake hands. They're going to enjoy the game. Um, hopefully we see more entertainers come with Adam because, I mean, Jimmy Fallon was just great. Um, and I think everybody that was at the Carrier Dome last weekend is going to kind of remember him and just how much fun he had probably more than anything else that happened that day unless you're maybe a huge John Wallace fan and that halftime ceremony, um, you know, really spoke to you. Uh, but those are the two things that will stick with people probably for, you know, a long time. From what you know, and I know that Adam did a, a radio interview on WEEI in Boston this week and kind of discussed this. I, the biggest question I think a lot of people have is, some of the most basic questions you can have, Chris, how and why? How does he make it happen, and why do people like Tom Brady spend an afternoon in Syracuse, New York? Yeah. Um, you, you know, I don't, have a, I don't have a great answer. Obviously, on WEEI, he talked a little bit about, um, you know, that they made a charitable donation around Tom. Um, 
But then later on, kind of they asked, oh, you know, how big a donation does it take to get Tom Brady? And if you listen to the interview, his response was like, no, 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 it's not like that. Um, And it is very difficult to know what it is like. Um, You know, my understanding uh, is that, you know, a lot of them, at least, are are kind of friendships and relationships. um, And that's the extent of it. And then I think sometimes he, he works in this philanthropy world. Um, so a lot of the times it's like, hey, you know, I'd love to make a donation to your cause. Would you like to come out to a game? And, you know, th- there's a whole kind of gift giving or donation that surrounds it. Um, but it's not necessarily kind of a, you know, tit for tat type of thing. Um, so that's how it's been explained to me. Um and that's that's my best understanding of it. They got a new roof in the fall. They uh, have some things that they're going to want to build up around the program and the building and everything. So, boy, you, you kind of wonder who's next, right? You kind of wonder who else he's friends with on Instagram or however he connects with these stars because you got Jimmy Fallon and Tom Brady. Like, that is that, – it's hard to top those names. So I'll be curious to see – uh, who else he develops relationships with or, or knows or the names that will continue to come. And that's a little harder to do for football because you're kind of stashed up in a press box, but uh, who yeah. knows? Maybe he'll find a way to, to make that a thing as well. But uh, it's it's interesting how in about two years, Chris, he's be, he, fair to say he's become Syracuse's most famous fan, right? I, I think he's right up there. He's, he's Spike Lee, like we were saying. Yeah, yeah. It's something that you kind of look for um, every game is who's going to be kind of fun. Um, you know, I, I was out at his play a little while um, on Friday as he was kind of organizing this. Um, and, you know, we mentioned some of the guests. We, I mentioned Jeremy Piven, and he just called him on the phone. Um, so, you know, his Instagram connections um, do kind of extend beyond that. Um, you know, he was talking with somebody who, who – um, was connected to Julian Edelman. And they were like, hey, Julian really wants his name to be first, ahead of Tom Brady's, uh, just kind of, you know, messing with Tom. And Adam was laughing kind of hysterically at that, and his response was, hey, have Julian follow me on Instagram. And was kind of like, hey, now we're connected. You know, now I can reach out to him whenever I want. Um, Maybe that turns into a friendship. Maybe they're just acquaintances, and that's where it sticks. But that's kind of how his whole network kind of grows. Chris, always appreciate the time and the insight. Enjoy Panda Watch this weekend. Uh, We'll see how things uh, turn out there. And then a very interesting week in Greensboro will begin for the Orange. But uh, thank you, sir. Thanks for your time, and uh, thanks for your great insight as always. Sure. Anytime, Brett. Chris Carlson, folks, follow him on Twitter. Read his stuff at Syracuse.com and pick up that good old-fashioned newspaper once in a while, too. We need to take a break. When we come back, we can certainly talk some more Syracuse hoops as they get ready for Miami. There's a little football in the air. You know, spring football starts Sunday. Oh, yeah, it's happening. So what are the big question marks after what was a very interesting offseason for Syracuse football? Stay right there. You're on the block ESPN Radio.